my brother, uh, once I was taught how to cut grass, it kind of came like an addiction. And, and not so much because I loved being outside and getting sweaty and, and having, getting dirty and all that stuff, but because I liked money. Um, so I got this one job, and, and I talked to this lady, and I was going to cut her grass, and, and I can still picture the lady's yard to this, to, to this day. I, I don't want to exaggerate. I feel like her yard was just smaller than an acre, and I was going to cut the grass with a push lawnmower and a bagger. So now, next time I go back towards home, I'm going to go and size up this yard to see if it was as big as I remember it or if it was because I was just a little guy at the time. But I knew it was a bigger job, so what I did was I had, I had asked my brother if he wanted to come and help me, you know, um, kind of be my mule, kind of be the person who did the grunt work that I didn't want to do or, or, or you know, he can make a few dollars. So my brother says yes, and we go to this lady's house, and we're going to cut the grass. And because it was a little bit bigger of a yard, what I did was I, I did what my dad had taught me to do, and I started to cut the grass, and I did all the edges so that my brother, when it was his turn to, to share the lawnmower, we only had one push lawnmower, you know, he would be able to just go back and forth and do some of the, the grass cutting. The issue is the lady's yard was, A, it was so big, and the grass was tall, and every single time, that, 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 that the bag had to be emptied, the lady in the very far back of her yard, up, butted up against like a field, was like a, a mulch pile for grass clippings. So every two or three rows, we had to take this off and carry it to the back, and it was kind of heavy. And my brother, who I brought to do that type of work, probably wasn't, he was dropping it on the grass as he was going. So anyways, so we're, we start cutting the grass, and, and, I, and I'm doing the majority of the work. And the next thing I notice, my brother is inside the lady's house eating sandwiches and drinking lemonade. <laughs> so the person who I thought was going to come and be some help to me wasn't that much of a help. And then as we carried on and kept on going, I remember I finally got my brother out of the house, and he's cutting a couple of, of the rows and, and during that time, I'm in the shade because it was hot. And, and again, this is what I'm telling you. I realized my brother can't carry the heavy bag to the back without dropping half of it. So I had to carry the bag clippings every single time to the far back side of the yard to empty them. So I'm doing the majority of the work. So I think I cut probably 80% of the yard, and my brother maybe did 20%, and I'm being generous. And, and when we finished, the lady had paid me the amount that she said she was going to pay me, and I had thought to myself, you know, I'm still going to give my brother a part of this, and, and, and this will make some sense as we go on here. Um, I just thought, you know what, I'm going to pay him 25%. Even though he doesn't deserve it, I'm going to be a good brother, I'm going to give her 25% of what we get. So we finish up, and the lady comes out, and she pays me the money, and I say thank you, and I, and, I, and, and I stuck it in my pocket. And then she turns to my brother. This is not a joke. And she gives him the same exact amount of money that she just paid me. And I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed she paid us extra. But I look at her and I said, did you just pay him? And, and she quickly says, it's my money. 
I can do what I want with it. My brother's looking at me like, wow, I just got money. <laughs> Two, I don't deserve this. I mean, at the moment, he's, he still had like some peanut butter and jelly on his cheek <laughs> and some lemonade on his shirt. And he got paid the same amount of money as me. And I'm sitting here and I'm just, to say it as nicely as I can, I was mad. I was so annoyed. See, to me, a normal human being, it wasn't what? It wasn't fair. You know? The person who does the majority of the work shouldn't be compensated as the same as the person who does 20% of the work. Am I right in that? How many people in this room would like to go to work with me? Not here. This is a little bit different. But to go to work with me, we'll cut the grass here at the church. You, you, you do 80%. I'll do 20 And then we'll split it 50-50. Who's happy with that deal? Maybe a kid who's thinking, man, I'm still going to get something. But, on, but when you have the mental capacity to realize that, man... Pastor Brandon did like no work and he took half my money because that's how you're going to see it. Half of my money. Okay. But see, the thing is, when I tell you this story, there is some things wrong with it. And, and, and it's not that I think that my thinking was wrong. It's this, that God's ways are not always our ways. And what seems right and seems wise to us does not mean it's always right and wise to God. So let's pray and then we're going to look at a text, Okay. Dear Lord Jesus, we ask that you would bless this time that we spend in your word, that it would be you who speaks, that we hear your word, that your word would, um, would speak to our hearts, our minds, and our souls. In your name we pray, amen. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 20, and I was going to tell you what page it's on in the, in the red Bibles in the seats, but I don't know it. It's also going to be up here behind me, so... Say it again. 825 in the Bible in front of you if, you if you want to use that. Or you can look at the screen. You can use your phone. Or my favorite is when someone reads scripture is I like to close my eyes and I just like to uh, imagine what is being read. So here we go. Matthew chapter 20 verses 1 through 16. For the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After a green with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And going out about the third hour, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And to them he said, you go into the vineyard too, and whatever is right, I will give you. So they went. Going out again about the sixth hour and the ninth hour, he did the same. And at about the eleventh hour, he went out and found others standing. And he said to them, Why do you stand there idle all day? They said to him, Because no one has hired us. He said to them, You go into the vineyard too. And when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call, call the laborers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last up to the first. And when those hired about the eleventh hour came, each of them received a denarius. Now when those hired first came and thought they would receive more, 
But each of them received a denarius. And on receiving it, they grumbled at the master of the house, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to the last worker as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? So the last will be first, and the first shall be last. See, I'm one of those people who I like to work. I'm one of those people that not only do I like to work, but when I work an hourly job, I know exactly how much I'm working. I know how much I'm going to get paid in a single day. I know how much I'm going to get paid if I'm working two days or a full week. I know how much I'm going to get paid if, if I'm working overtime. I like to know. And, and we live in a culture, and this, this helps us in, our, in our, our understanding of what's going on here with these workers, but we work in a culture when you work an, uh, an hour, hourly, full-time is how many hours? 40 hours. Okay, great. So, so we live in a culture that when you work 40 hours, it's, it's, that's a work week. And if you work more than that, it's overtime. And hopefully that means you get paid extra. And, and I remember that when I was just out of, uh, I was around 21, 22, and I was working in a warehouse slash distribution center for Napa. And I, I know exactly how much I made. And they would offer overtime almost every single day to workers who wanted it. But if you came in at 8 and worked till 4.30, they'd only offer overtime till 6. So how much overtime would you get each day? An hour and a half. Well, that wasn't enough for me. I asked, can I get moved to the 5 o'clock shift and work till 2.30? And if you know me, I don't like getting up in the morning. I mean, I'm, I, I think I don't, Joe Hans is not here today, and I'm glad because he would say, hey, you don't come to my 6 a.m. Bible study. But I, I don't like getting up in the early morning, but I remember getting up, and, and this was, became my work shift. I wanted to work from 5 to 2.30 so that every day I can get about three hours, if not more, of overtime. My goal was 15 hours of overtime a week. So, but think about this. That's the culture we live in. When we read the text we just looked at, it's different. They worked six days a week, if not seven. And their hourly days looked different than ours looked. The worker would go out around 6 a.m. in the morning and they would do vineyard work. Now, I want you to picture what vineyard work looks like. It's not like farmer work where a farmer wa- walks over to his fence and talks to another farmer about between an eighth of an inch and a quarter of an inch of rain they got that day. This is real work. Did I say it wrong? Okay. No, I, I'm joking. This is, but, but when you're doing vineyard work, man, you're out in the field. When, think about this. If you ever went out to Tycoga or been around someplace, they're about this high. You're not hidden by any trees. You're, you're, you're getting hit by the sun, you're, you're digging weeds, you're, you're clipping branches, you could be pulling fruits, you're, you're working the field, and, and you're doing this for a 12-hour day. 
Now we see what happens in this parable. So the owner, he does something. The owner is the one who goes out and he finds people to work in his field. It says the, the master went out looking for workers. And when he finds them, he agrees to, with them to a day's wage. And it says the first ones went out around, it says early in the morning. And then it says, is there a slide out of this one if you go, I think? Look at this. It says, that was the right one. It says early in the morning in verse 1. Long before I wake up, yes. And then it says about the third hour. When when the scripture says that, it's not saying at 3 a.m. It's saying the third hour. The third hour is the third hour of the workday, okay? So you have some who started at 6 Stum who started at the third hour of the workday, which would be what? 9 a.m. That's about pastor hour right there. That's when pastors start. And then it says, and then it says, it goes a little bit further in verse 5 and says, at the sixth hour and the ninth hour. So at noon and then at 3 p.m. also, you know, he goes out each time into the, out, and he finds workers and says, what are you doing standing here? Why don't you come and work my fields? Come and work my fields. And then it says about the 11th hour, and they work a 12-hour day, okay? He goes out the 11th hour, and he says, why are you guys standing around? Come in. Come in. Come and do work, and I will pay you what is right, okay? So that's how it goes. So at the end of the day, one hour after the last people show up, the, 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 the master says to the foreman, call all the workers in, and I want you to pay them. Whoever showed up here last, pay them first. And whoever got here earliest in the morning, pay them last. So they come in and the foreman calls them. And and the foreman starts to hand out their wages for the day. And he gets to the person who's only worked one hour and he hands them a denarius. And a denarius is what you get for a full day of, of work. And he hands them the denarius. And if you were the first person or the last person to leave, but the first person to get paid, you're probably not expecting a full day's paycheck, right? That's pastor salary. See, Andrew and I work like two hours on Sunday. We take the rest of the week off. (laughs) But this is vineyard work. This is completely different. So the person who works one hour, he gets this, this denarius. What does this guy think of the master. What does he think? I see a thumbs up from Cody. He's happy. What does he think of the, of, of the vineyard owner? Say it. Generous. They think he's generous. So then they, it goes to the next ones, and he pays them, and they get a full day's wage. You know, man, I only worked three hours and I got a full day's wage and he's probably high-fiving and slapping hands with the guy. He only worked one hour and it keeps on going all the way to the last people. He gets to the people who showed up first and when they get there, he pays them the same amount of money that they had agreed to. What do you guys think about that? Is that fair? Jacked up? Okay. I'm not working for you ever. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, so because so, even though it's what they agreed to, but, but this is what happens. The workers, they, they, they kind of start to complain. And they say, these are their words. 
These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But the question becomes this, why are they mad? They were paid the amount that they were agreed on at the beginning of the day. Where does their anger come in? Everything that was owed to them was given to them. They were mad because they thought the master was more generous with another person than he was with them, correct? Here are some things to ponder. Whose vineyard was it? Did the master have to hire them? Whose money was being paid out? Did it say anywhere in the parable that the master or the foreman complained about the amount of work that they were doing? Does it say that the master worked them too hard? In any way, in the parable, does it say the master cheated them? The master went out all hours of the day inviting people to come in. The master was trying to bless all. But this is hard for us to understand because we see things through a lens of what we have done and we see things through a lens of what we think we should receive. It's just like the 40-hour work week. We work so many hours, we want X amount of pay. But we miss something very important in this parable. It's, 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 um, but before I tell you what we missed, it's kind of like being in fourth grade, okay? When you're in fourth grade, I think it's fourth grade, maybe it's a little bit sooner. But in fourth grade, you know when, you, when you're in school and they give you one of those uh, questions and inside the questions there's like three sentences. Whoa, whoa, did you beat me to the punchline? It's like this. You have a few sentences, and in the sentences, you have to come up and answer the question, but they always give you a sentence that doesn't quite matter. It's like the throwout question, sentence, so you read past it, and because of that, we become really skilled at reading past things that we don't think are important, and we miss them, like this one. Go back. Oh, thank you. Let me read it to you. Here's what it says. Sheldon and Brandon worked on a roof one day. Sheldon worked for five hours. Marlon drank three soda pops in his hot pink lawn chair. Brandon worked three hours, even though he got the work of two grown grown strong men done in the same amount of time. How many hours did Sheldon and Brandon work combined? Nope. But there's still hope for you. It's... It's B, it's eight, but see, the, the, question, the line that we, we bypass would be Marlon sitting in his hot pink lawn chair drinking three sodas. In this, par- in this parable, we bypass probably the most important line. We, we, we read the parable super fast, and what I mean by that is when we look at the parable, we look at it and we'll say, oh man, who are the important characters in it? And we'll be like, well, you had the workers, you had the foreman who paid everybody, and you had the vineyard master. And then I'd be like, well, where does this parable take place? And you'd be like, in a vineyard, right? In a vineyard? Raise your hand, yes or no? In a vineyard? No, not in a vineyard. It says, the kingdom of God is like... This, this is not about how we do things, how things function in our eyes. It's how the kingdom of God functions. The kingdom of God is not like earth. 
God is the one who sets out for us what truth is and makes real sense come alive to us. He reveals to us that our ways are but foolishness. He makes the wise of the world become foolishness. We want things to be fair, am I right? We do. We are people who want things to be fair. And thank God that in his kingdom, we don't get what is fair. If we got what is fair, we would be condemned to death. For the wages of sin is death, correct? And all who sin deserve death. They deserve hell. But Jesus doesn't want that. Instead, instead, we get what is generous. And I don't know why, but this parable, for some reason, we think it's about the worker in the field, but it's really about God's generosity. Right? This parable is, 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 when we look at it, what about those who have been Christians for a small part of their life, and what about those who become Christians at the end of their life? Those who have been walking with Jesus since their infants, man, shouldn't they get something a little extra in heaven compared to the person who sneaks in by the skin of their teeth in the 11th hour? There's something about us that wants to make sure that things are fair, but we should be a little more excited, a little more uh, thrilled when people come to know who Christ is. We shouldn't question when, we shouldn't be questioning why, we shouldn't be questioning the sincerity, we should be celebrating that Christ invited somebody in and they stopped rejecting him. It's almost like we should be a little more Pentecostal. We should get our tambourines out and dance in the aisles and be glad that our brother or sister came to know who Jesus Christ is. But when we're honest, we think about us who have been in the field since 6 a.m. We think all about all that we've gone through, the fire. We think about how much we've given up. But really, that's not true. We have maybe been in the field since 6 a.m. or since noon. But if we were going to be honest, we have not been the best workers. Because even since I've known Christ, I've sinned in the field. Since I've known who Jesus is, it's not like I came to know Jesus and then I became the most awesome, sinless person ever. While I was in the field, while Christ had called me in and I'm in the field, I continue to sin against him. And he has continued to show me love and mercy and to give me what I don't deserve. So this parable is not about how many hours or days we spend in the field. It's about a very generous God who's always giving us more and better than we deserve. This parable is about us getting Jesus. You know, at my, my, when my mom passed away, uh, my mom had passed away and, and um, I, I, I remember parts of that day, like there's no tomorrow. I've, I've shared with you what one of my friends said to me or one person said to me. Another person walked up to me and gave me a hug. And this person's a Christian. This person loves Jesus. This person probably prayed for my mom for, forever. And at my mom's funeral, the person came up to me and they gave me a hug. 
And they said, man, your mom made it in by the skin of her teeth. You know? And what, what they meant was, your mom barely made it in. You know? And I remember, I, I, I didn't say anything, you know? I just went home and I remember that night just sitting in my hotel room, laying in my bed, thinking about the comment about my mom making in by the skin of her teeth. And I was reminded of this, that none of us make it in by the skin of our teeth. All of us make it in by the skin off Jesus' back. None of us barely get into heaven. All of us are credited as his full righteousness. You might have been walking with Jesus and you sinned and, and, and you've fallen or you've messed up and, and you sit there and you say, man, I still don't have it. I still don't have it. I, I'm not good enough. And what you need to realize is that Jesus is forgiving us daily. He is so generous with how he deals with us. And we see this in this parable again. Because, see, there's a cost. There's a cost to the master's generosity, isn't there? And the cost is Jesus. The one telling the story is the person who is being poured out and and is the payment for all of our transgressions. Everything where we fall short, Jesus not just picks up and makes up, He exceeds beyond what we can even begin to understand because we become his righteousness. He gives us his righteousness. It is no longer our sin, it is his, and his righteousness becomes ours. Full payment has been given to us. We are completely gifted with grace through the work of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for your generosity. Thank you for it not being about the number of days that someone serves in the vineyard or how long that we know you, but it's about what you have done. It is about all that you have done in us and for us. Lord, may your grace be known today May we rest in it. May we give you thanks for your death, give you thanks for your life, give you thanks for your resurrection. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. Would you stand and sing uh, once more with us before we go?